Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week I want to talk about three ways to reduce risk. Um, this is tar- the, the title of this is actually ripped off from a bigger pockets um, article on the website that was written by somebody, uh, December 11th, 2019. Uh, the way he did it, he basically broke it into three different ways to diversify risk, gave like an example or two of each. Um, it was a little thin. Uh, it was missing some meat. It was missing a lot of more examples even. Uh, so I wanted to redo this with more examples, more meat. Uh, and on top of that, at the end, I want to go over the different ways that I think that you should reduce risk, uh, which isn't necessarily the same as these examples. These examples are still good, uh, but there's some other ideas I have. Anyway, but it doesn't really fit into this nice three-bubble thing. So anyway, let's get going on this. Um, We're not talking about, first of all, we're not talking about like scrapping uh, real estate to diversify because that's what he's basically talking about in his the article I read. It was three different ways to diversify. True. Uh, we can diversify and go into stocks, bonds, mutual funds, whatever you want, right? But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about real estate. So we're still staying in the real estate genre. Uh, We're just finding some different ways to diversify. Um, So types. There's different types of real estate to diversify. Uh, In the article, they just said single-family, multifamily, and commercial. That's very thin. There's a lot more things that you can do in real estate than those three things. Um, Self-storage. People do great on that. You're not dealing with tenants, toilets. You're not dealing with all that stuff. You will have to have a staff, I believe. You might be able to make... I'm not, I've never used self-storage myself personally, even as a customer. I'm not sure if there's a way to like just go in by a gate and not actually have anyone working there. But I would think you probably have to have employees for that one. Um, mobile home parks, um, new construction. And a lot of people are going to go, new construction, that's not really a different type. I feel it is. Um, it's a different kind of play when you're doing a new construction build. Even if you're a single-family person and then you start doing new construction, it's a little different, right? You're dealing with some carrying costs. Um, you might be able to build, make some equity plays right at the start. You might be buying uh, from a builder at, right at market value. Um, so it is a different beast, I would say, than buying single-family homes. Um, so anyway, I put that in there. Um, buying packages of properties is another one that people don't really think about. Um, I'm sure you've heard me rant about it on here before, but we went and bought uh, a pile of properties in Kansas City, Missouri as a package, and it's a whole different beast in itself. Um, from our experience, people don't aren't trying to sell you a package of perfectly running properties. There is a lot of work to get these things running the way you think that they're going based on the sheets you've gotten off the start, but it's a great way to get seller financing. It's a great way to uh, build a portfolio really quick with a little, very little amount of money because you can often get really high leverage rates that we can't actually get. Like we got 90% loan to value, which we would never get from a bank in the United States ever, um, unless you're doing a fix and flip loan. But anyway, getting off tangent again, uh, another example I had was raw land. Um, that's a whole nother beast too. I, I'm not even going to really tackle that because we're going to have to do a whole episode on that. I'll get someone who's an expert on raw land. I am not a raw expert on raw land, but I know people do make great money on it. Um, anyway, and the last one I have is syndication. Um, 
And I'm not talking about being the syndicator, but another way to diversify if you want to buy real estate is to invest in a syndication is where I was talking about in, the, in this example. Um, I do have uh, some money in a syndication and it's, it's almost like doing private lending. Actually, I have private lending on here too. <laughs> but it's almost like doing private lending. You basically get a guaranteed return. You own a tiny fraction of a huge building. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's, it's just a nice, it's one of those things. It's, it doesn't produce a phenomenal return, but it's just, it's almost guaranteed. It just, it comes in every month. It's something that I am not putting any time into. I literally log into the portal every few months and save all the uh, financials and stuff. But that's it. Like I, it's very low maintenance. Um, but like I said, it doesn't return the same way as a lot of the other uh, investments that in this whole category. Uh, second part is um, diversifying locations. So uh, a lot of people start with their backyard. And if you listen to my show, we're talking about going farther, we're doing distance investing, we're trying to find good markets, but diversifying in even your locations so that you're not putting everything in one market. Um, markets run in cycles. They go up, they go down, um, and they don't all run the same. Uh, they're kind of similar, um, but they're not the same. Like uh, a Florida and Arizona have big booms and busts, they're busts boom-bust cycles, um, whereas you might have markets that are basically have a steady thing. They can go right right through a 2009, uh, 2009 or seven, wherever you want to say that, that recession was, or, um, or even through corona, that they will just continue to appreciate at their low rates. And, you know, maybe having everything in that might not be good for you. Uh, maybe you want some big paydays, bleh, some big paydays and some slow graduals that, you know, it just keeps appreciating. You don't have to worry about the big ups and downs. Um, and that's where I'm kind of talking about, like some markets are high in cash flow and some of them are high in appreciation. Some are a hybrid between, between both. Um, and it's nice to have different parts. The problem is, because I've done this, I'm now in five markets. And the problem is when you want to try to, uh, combine stuff for blanket loans or anything, a lot of times they're not going to let you cross the state lines. You're stuck in whatever state to do each blanket of properties. And they'll see your portfolio and they're like, you got a lot of properties, but we can't really piece these together. Or they'll have a lot higher minimum loans um, if you're going to cross state lines. And a lot of them won't even do across state lines. They want ideally in the same county, all the properties that are, they're going to blanket together. But usually within state, they, most of them will be able to pull something off like that. Um, the third method. Third method is to diversify in strategies. I have about eight strategies that I wrote down quickly before we started filming this, but there are so many strategies and creative ways. And even whenever I go and drive around in my truck, I'll think about this and I'll be like, I miss this one. I miss this one. I miss this one. But anyway, this is what I quickly wrote down because the bigger pockets article doesn't even have strategies in there as a different way to diversify. Don't know why he didn't think of that. Anyway, first one, most obvious buy and hold. Um, not even gonna touch that. Burr. Uh, basically is buy and hold usually has a, it has a renovation and then it has a refinance. Um, in all honesty, when I was new back when I was doing my first properties back in Canada, I was kind of scared of doing uh, a, a refinance. I would do the renovation and do the property, but I didn't want to pay the fees, but 
there, there's I should do a whole episode on that, but there it makes sense. It makes sense to pay the money, get the money back, um, and get tax-free income. Um, wholesaling. I don't t- talk about this enough uh, on the podcast. Is wholesaling. Uh, wholesaling is a whole other strategy. The reason I don't personally talk about it is because I don't do it, and I don't like to talk about stuff I don't actually do. Um, I buy from wholesalers all the time. I understand what they do. I've listened to tons of stuff and read books on what they do, but I don't personally do it. Um, it's a hard job. Uh, it's uh, transaction-oriented, so you're going to get chunks, chunk, 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 chunk. There's nothing, there's no cash flow, but th- that's why it works well as a diversification strategy. So if you get some chunks and you combine, and maybe you take your chunks, if you don't need to live off this income, you could put it into some burrs or some other strategy so you could get some chunks of money and get some flows. Uh, I listened, I talked in an episode about this before, about diversifying strategies, so we're not going to go too deep into this. Um, subject two. So that's basically inheriting other people's mortgages. Um, it's a whole thing to learn. I'll probably do a show on that too. Uh, lease options, land contracts, rent to own. Uh, another great strategy where you get money at the start, money at the end, and uh, cash flow throughout. That's the most uh, thick strategy. Well, you get paid on every different type of transaction part of it. Um, vacation rentals, very popular. Um, I don't actually do any vacation rentals, but now that we're starting to invest in Florida, there's pretty high likelihood I will get into some vacation rentals probably, probably by fourth end of the year, or maybe I'll wait until COVID's just done. Uh, completely down there in the states flips very similar to the wholesaling where you're getting chunks of money um and if you listen to my other podcasts it's it's good to combine with everything else and appreciation plays um so this could go in with the new new construction stuff so i was looking at some uh even here in ontario i was looking at some appreciation plays um there's a lot of new builds going up and maybe you could buy the new build and by the time it's completed, it's actually worth more money than you bought it. And a lot of times it's like they're asking for 30 grand or 50 grand to just sit in the property. And it, sometimes it takes them two years to go. Um, you're really exposing yourself to the market. Um, my neighbor, two doors that way. Oh, where's my camera? That, that way. Anyway, they, they did this play and it didn't work out. Uh, at the end, the market sunk in Ontario, what was that, a year ago or two years two years ago? And he basically sold and bought for the exact same price that he paid for it and was basically stuck with realtor fees and actually lost money on the whole deal. But people can play this right, and it, it's a lot of guessing if the market's going to keep going. Um, a lot of people think it's an infinite market. It hasn't been in the past, but it's been doing it as of recent for a long time, continually going up. So it, it could be a way to go. I wouldn't put all your eggs in that basket. It might be like a little side project to, to try. But anyway, these are my notes now. I just flipped my page over if you heard that. Um, these are my six points uh, for to, to, to make investing a little bit less risky. So first one, spend time finding a good team. I've went through so many contractors, property managers, and spend the time to find a good team. And <laughs> it sounds so obvious and easy, but it's not. Um, even with your homework, you will go through bad property managers. You will go through bad contractors. You go, uh, and bad contractors means different things. Sometimes they are really over time. Like they, they don't meet deadlines. 
and that actually is the most common thing. Almost, I don't, just almost no one meets the actual di the timelines that they say they're going to hit, which blows my mind. But anyway, <clears throat> that's like so rare. But the the bigger one is the people who don't scope the project right, and they have lots of ads, and so your projects aren't on budget. Those are the ones you want to fire because <laughs> that's no, you can't run a business like that. You need it predictable. That's why my two contractors that I use for almost everything, they do stuff and it's on budget. That's that's goal. That's the goal. Anyway, um, pay your contractors for work that's completed. Um, certain contractors will ask for half up front. It's a, that's a dangerous game, especially for your first time working with them. I'd almost almost insist on hey well, let's do like a 5k deposit or a 10k deposit depending on how much material is needed and then after that we will pay you as almost like a draw schedule if you're doing a fix and flip loan let's pay you in chunks because that's a lot safer than giving them a huge amount of money once they have the money they don't aren't inspired to go continuing work so it's it's good to keep them there and finishing the project because, like I just said, it will likely go over time. No one's good at managing time. <laughs> it's the most common thing ever. Um, this next one is my biggest weakness. Fire fast. I keep people around for too long. I'm like, they're partway through a project. I should let them finish the project, this contractor. I should wait for this tenant to leave before I fire the property manager so I don't have this part you know the tenant doesn't know who to pay and everything else that is not the way to do it and i know that's my personal weakness you need to fire people who aren't performing the way they should be performing don't waste your time with this stuff uh start hunting for someone else um but also be reasonable with what think about it take a step back relax and then really think about the situation because sometimes by firing or evicting on like little things you've actually created more problems. So it is a kind of thing where you get, there's emotions and you get, you get right ready to do it. And then you gotta, you gotta step back, think about it for even a day or two and relax and come to terms with how bad really was that situation? Were they only a week late paying the rent and we we're gonna evict them just cause the law says we can? <clears throat> we're gonna have a tenant turnover. Maybe it makes more sense to, you know, get collect that late rent payment and you know get it by the 15th and then we'll just continue and catch them up right or have some sort of catch-up plan anyway whole thing there <laughs> um find something repeatable it's 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 so obvious but make a system find something and that's why some of these things on the other side try this different method try this method try this method you're not going to be a master of anything you're going to be a jack of all trades master of none find something that you're good at and repeat it i get shunning object syndrome and i'm like i want to do these uh, rent to own or not rent owns i love rent owns i want to do like a vacation rental or i want to go do whatever i get i get it in my head and i want to go do some of this crazy stuff but really what i'm good at doing is burrs or burrs that end in a flip and i really just need to do the same thing over and over again and that's not diversifying but maybe i could diversify in different markets maybe there's different ways to diversify based on this article um than doing it all that way um take a small piece of a watermelon versus the whole grape or however that saying goes but work with people um 
<laughs> it sounds so like cliche and like I am tooting my own horn because I'm like, hey, come invest with me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I wish I never bought my first four or five properties that were turnkey. They, some of them I got lucky just because of the market and they went up in value, but they they didn't owe that to me. It was a poor strategy. And if I would have just partnered with somebody else who was already doing it, I could have skipped that and I could have got my money back. I still have a lot of money sunk into those turnkey properties that it doesn't make sense to refinance because they've only went up like 30 grand and the fees to do the, the points and the loan origination, it doesn't make sense. So my money's just stuck there until I decide to sell it. And that's not where you want to be. You want to be growing. And some of these strategies where they aren't, you aren't able to grow are going to hold you back. Like that, that's, those strategies held me back a lot um, because it, it basically sunk me into a spot where I'm like, oh, I only have my line of credit to do this with anymore. All my cash is stuck. So anyway, learn from me, work with people, even do a private lend on some deals first. I love taking private lending money. Lend us some deals. Say, hey, I'll rely private lend, but I want to be part of the email thread. I want to learn the whole process. Make it part of a coaching thing, like a, basically a free coaching thing because you're getting paid with your private lending. I'm totally open to doing that. Anyway, uh, don't. this is the last one. Probably the most important one. It's kind of similar to what I was just talking about, though. Don't invest every penny you have. Whew. I have so many JVs that come up to me and they're like, here, let's do this, do three deals because that'll max me out. And I'll be like, no, keep some of your money and don't use it. Keep some oh crap money so that if something goes out of budget or whatever, you know, just the project goes longer, you need some money to pay, um, you're borrowing from your line of credit, say, you need money to pay your line of credit for an extra couple months because contractors are rarely on time. Maybe you shouldn't have maxed yourself out. And I've had it, this is not a one case scenario. I've had this multiple times that people are so eager that they do a project with me and I say, no, I don't want to take all your money. Let's do one, keep the other half, and you'll, have, you'll be able to sleep at night. And then they go and buy other stuff on their own. And then they come back and they're freaking out because they're right at the end. <laughs> they don't have any money to pay the carrying costs for these loans. And don't do that. Don't do that. Keep spare money. I hope these tips were helpful. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, come find me on Facebook. Send me an email, glenn at glennsutherland.com. Join the book club. Um, you can go to my webpage. There's not a lot there. You can say and sign up for my mailing list, though. Um, have a great week. I'll talk to you next week.